It doesn't matter in which uh, zip code you are born at. It doesn't need to dictate the trajectory of your life. And I think that, you know, it may be, made me the entrepreneur I am today uh, that really believes that everything is possible and you really own your own destiny as long as you have a high level of self-efficacy. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20 Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Today, I'm with Yuval Samet, the CEO of RiseUp. Yuval is a product manager and entrepreneur with a passion for solving people's pains through value-driven products. He co-founded Analyzed, a fraud protection company, which in 2011 was acquired by Klarna. Yuval joined Klarna and there he built the Klarna Tel Aviv R&D Center, founded the product group as chief product officer, and finally acted as chief technology officer. After five years at Klarna and three in Sweden, he moved back to Israel to build impact technology products for Israelis. In 2017, he founded RiseUp, a profit with purpose startup which uses cutting edge technology to help middle and lower income Israeli families control their finances and start to save money. He is currently the CEO and he runs a product leadership bootcamp out of Tel Aviv aimed to build the next generation of product managers in Israel. Thank you so much for joining me from the Rise Up offices. I'm so excited to hear about your journey, about the journey of Rise Up, the industry that you're in, the insight that you've had and, and hear all about it. So again, thank you very much for, for spending this time with me. Tell me a little bit about yourself as an entrepreneur, even you know, without Rise Up. Who, who is your value? You've taken part in leadership roles in a variety of organizations. Today, yep. you're the CEO of a, of a company. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with sort of the entrepreneurial landscape. Yeah, so um, honestly, it is a little bit difficult for me to track back when, when it actually started my, um, the, the entrepreneurship bug. I think it was almost always there. Um, I think that I got, um, you know, the, the present of believing that everything is possible for my mother and the present of creativity for my father. Um, and, uh, you know, growing up, I've never imagined that I would build a startup because, um, you know, who knew what was a startup back then, uh, 30 years ago, I think. Um, but actually during the, um, the high school, you know, we used to write notes to each other, uh, you know, during lessons. And, uh, one person that I studied with gave me a call a few years back and told me that she actually has a note from when we were 15 years old. And uh, I actually wrote her that until I, I turn 30 years old, I will build a company with my brothers, I will sell it, and then I will focus on social change. And to me, it was mind blowing. I mean, who knew? Um, but I guess it is some, some, you know, uh, somehow really ingrained in my DNA and uh, my, my brothers are financial services entrepreneurs as well. So I think that it is something about uh, the small apartment in, in the town of Petaftikva that uh, <laughs> really <laughs> taught us, uh, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, and uh, we, we grew up, you know, with the financial hardship at home. 
but we did find that uh, you know the path of creativity and I think that our parents really taught us how to impact others um, and uh, our channel to do it is with technology so um, I also think that you know my personal story is a very Israeli story you know growing up during the 80s uh, to parents that um, uh, you know my mother was born in in a tent camp in Marbara we call it in Hebrew and my father came from Poland and um, they did not have any safety network and uh, you know they worked really hard to provide us and educate us and I think that um, it really made me believe that it doesn't matter in which uh, zip code you are born at it doesn't need to dictate the trajectory of your life and I think that you know it may be made me the entrepreneur I am today uh, that really believes that everything is possible and you really own your own destiny as long as you have a high level of self-efficacy. So, you know, when you start a company, it is sometimes hard to admit that the company's story is somewhat your own story. But now when Rise Up is five years old and we are helping, you know, serving dozens of thousands of people already, I know that uh, my story is really um, a deep part of Rise Up. And, uh, I love you know, that. Yeah, and uh, you know, and now I I, I admit it. Uh, in the early days of the company, it was much more difficult for me to admit for some odd reason. Uh, but this is what, was it difficult to admit because uh, it took time for you to get to that understanding, or that you thought that it was contradictory in some way? What was the difficulty there? I did not want to put myself in the middle. Um, uh, I think I did not want to be. The rock star ninja entrepreneur that you know founder that you know is really narcissistic about his past and um and I really believe in you know um equality and empowerment when building teams and I have co-founders Tamara and Iftak who are absolutely amazing um and I really did not want it to be Yuval's story and I still don't think Rise Up is Yuval's story but I do admit nowadays that my own story is, you know, deeply rooted in the company and, um, you know, building that technolo- technology and brand and product and service that helps people switch their mindset from being concerned to being confident about money. I mean, this is exactly the path that I went through. So nowadays I admit it, I don't have any problem talking about it, but it took me quite a while to understand that it is a core part of what the company is, what the product does, and what our brand is all about. You know what I mean? 100%. Okay, so let's dive into, into Rise Up and take me to the, to the, to the problem space that we're living in, in, uh, in the world of, uh, of finance and opportunities. Where, where yeah, are we at? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, let's do a quick, um, you know, a quick uh, quiz. So have you ever eaten kale, the green stuff? Oh, I love kale, especially kale chips. But that's oh, there you go. The there you go. Do you like quinoa? I love quinoa. Have you ever taken uh, an icy bath like Wim Hof? I did one just uh, five days ago for the first time. I feel like I'm ruining the quiz. I don't know if I'm if I'm no, giving actually, good answers or wrong. Uh, actually, your answers are brilliant. Look, people do crazy things nowadays in order to reach well-being in their life, to achieve some headspace, you know. I think that um, um, all of us are going through some sort of PTSD post-COVID. I mean, you really see that it impacted people 
not only the economy, our mental health as well. So people do a lot of different things in order to achieve the headspace they need in their life. However, people do very little in order to achieve financial well-being, which I claim is the basis for well-being. So Rise Up is all about making it easy and enjoyable for anyone to achieve financial well-being. And the way we do it is by um, connecting to your bank account and credit card data, aggregating it, slicing and dicing it, and identifying the things you should be concerned about and helping you uh, to switch them to a point of confidence. So it is all about managing a positive cash flow, helping you making it even more positive, and then direct the surplus of your cash flow to the right financial assets. We are, um, you know, we are working to be uh, the leaders of the financial well-being revolution that we believe is happening, because you can really see that well-being touches upon so many different domains nowadays, from uh, education to health to um, uh, nutrition to sports. However, one domain that is not yet disrupted by well-being is financial services. Still, people that you know, um, make um, um, a reasonable salary uh, that is hard earned, find it really hard to build financial well-being on their own. And this is what we're all about. We are doing it already for dozens of thousands of people in Israel, and soon we are going to do it in Europe as well. Why is it so hard? Why, what is, I mean, we, we all know that managing our finances is, you know, we do it poorly and we make mistakes. On, why is it so freaking hard? I mean, it's, it should be something as simple as money and money out, right? I mean, that why, why is this such a complicated subject for, you know, very smart people all around the world to be struggling with, with, especially when it's a very, you know, a very personal one. It literally touches their own lives and opportunities. What's yeah. the challenge there? So I think that money is self-efficacy. It is merely, um, you know, an objective financial issue. Um, being good with money and um, using money as an enabler for a better life, for financial well-being and well-being at large, um, really is uh, much more related to whether you are optimistic towards the challenge or not. I mean, most people don't have the knowledge, the access and um, the humility and um, passion and perseverance to, you know, stay on, the, on a certain path on a, with a certain strategy over time. We learned that people, most people live in scarcity uh, when it comes to money. Most people feel stressed about money and it doesn't matter if they work for, uh, at, you know, a high tech company or um, they have a fantastic stable income. Still, they can experience in a mental perspective money as a very stressful thing. And when people are stressed, uh, the, uh, the cortex goes to sleep, the rationale goes to sleep with it and you become very emotional with your decision-making, and then all the biases that work on our brain, um, you know, kick in. The present bias, I, I prefer buying pizza now instead of saving for the future and so on. So to be honest, it, it makes it incredibly hard to be good with money. Um, when, um, you know, um, the Vanguard people have a, a saying that I really like, uh, the, um, the index fund, the, the, the ones that invented the concept of investing with an index, um, they basically claim that in order to be good with money, you need to do two things that most people, most people really suck at. You need to be humble and learn all the time. 
and you need to uh, to have a strategy uh, that you know you execute all the time on those are things that human beings are usually not really good at so i believe that the power of technology making it very easy the power of a support circle a community that shows you people like you make it easier and also you know entertaining content that make it something that is not painful to do those are the things that you need to enable in order to help people become better with money um it is not about you know teaching them it's not about uh, financial literacy it's about providing the tools that are effective uh to enjoy uh the um, financial services that are becoming really a commodity um because buying a money market fund in order to offset inflation makes a lot of sense for most people but most people will not do it because a what is a market um, a money market fund b how how do you buy it c what are the tax regulations and implications and so on it just makes it makes it difficult and there is a lot of friction with money so i believe that these are the things that really limit from people to you know be on top of it and enjoy it and enable well-being I first of all, I love the insights and um, I personally am a huge fan of behavioral economics, game theory and, and the irrationality as it plays into the way that we, you know, are, you know, I love how you framed it at the beginning asking about, you know, we could take all these crazy extravagant measures to try and optimize for our well-being and our headspace. Yet, yes. you know, there's things in our day-to-day that are hindering that. What insights over the last several years running Rise Up have you learned about people and humans that, that and how you can help all of us, right? What are the different things that you've understood that you're sort of your key insights on the behaviors that you're now de- employing through Rise Up that really are making a difference in, in helping people like us, you know, manage our, our lives better? So first of all, the realization that uh, it's a self-efficacy uh, mm-hmm. challenge more than an objective financial issue is right. really the core of the theory of change of our product activity model. So what really is self-efficacy and can you build self-efficacy? So uh, the psychologist Albert Bandura uh, is the one that um, uh, came up with the self-efficacy theory and he described four components that build self-efficacy. Uh, sense of support, sense of control, individual success, and watching people like you succeed. Because the way we learn as human beings is by observing people like us. So the realization that you can really build self-efficacy is, I think, a fundamental understanding of what we do over here at Rise Up. Because then all the features, everything we do, optimizes for building self-efficacy. So it becomes a flywheel of, you know, financial successes in order to build your financial well-being. Uh, let me exemplify um, things that are unique, you know, unique realizations, insights that you really need to build rise up in order to understand. So um, we look at uh, um, a segment of customers that are very successful with us, uh, customers that are highly active and are paying for a very long term. Um, and retention in, in our service is super high over time. Um, so when you look at those successful customers, um, you learn that they are a part of our Facebook group, what we call our community. People that participate in the group, customers, uh, paying customers that participate in the group are three times more likely to be successful. So participating in the community 
increases the likelihood of success. This is one realization. Another uh, insight is uh, households that have two adults in the household. If both of them are members of the service, it increases the probability of success by five times. Right? Wow. Interesting. When you make the financial issue, the financial challenge, um, a couple thing, you know, you and your spouse deal with it together. It increases the probability in such uh, high percentages. So these are the type of things that you would, would never consider as the main levers for being successful. So yeah. um, this is why I'm so uh, enthusiastic about uh, community as a core thing that we do. Um, so we wow. show people the uh, data in, in our service. How can they improve the, you know, the cost of insurance? And we create a community challenge where they can participate with hundreds and thousands of people like them uh, in order to uh, uh, change the way they pay for insurance or reduce their amounts. So it makes it a fantastic flywheel between my individual story, my story with my wife at home, and the story of the community, uh, which becomes a significant level for change. I, I absolutely, I love it. I love the terminology that you're using and I, the, I love the vision. Tell me a little bit about yourself as a leader. Well, how, how have you shaped uh, as a leader over these years as a CEO? What have you discovered about yourself? So. You know, when we started Rise Up, uh, someone asked me, what is the thing I find um, most concerning when building a company again? Um, and I quoted Patrick Lancioni from, um, you know, the author of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which is really the, the Bible, in my perspective, of how to build a team and how to enable teamwork. And he talks about, it's not a direct quote, but he, he speaks about, uh, the fact that if you manage to put anyone, um, every team in a boat rowing in the same direction, you will win any competition in any market at any time. And I think that, um, you know, building a team that is aligned and feels empowered and inspired to act on the mission of the company is always the biggest challenge to keep, uh, the, the message coherent and to iterate on it and to make sure that people, you know, execute on the right stuff. It is always difficult. So I think that there are always learning opportunities. Um, Itai, our VP R&D, just gave me very honest feedback a couple of um, <laughs> days ago. He told me, look, we need to do four things for any, you know, squad leader in our uh, company. We need to inspire them. You're great at that. We need to mentor them. You do it really well as well. But we need to create more clarity and support them better. And you suck at both. And, <laughs> you know, as an experienced leader and manager, it was, uh, I, I was very happy to, to get this feedback because it shows you how you can progress. You can improve all the time. Um, so I think that as a leader, I absolutely respect the fact that whenever you build a team, even if it is the, you know, the 200th team that you build, uh, still you need to invest as much in the teamwork in order to make it work really well. And I think that we quite good at it at Rise Up. So. As a leader, I think that um, my theory of how to build great companies through fantastic teams still uh, hold on, and I still have a lot to do to improve on it. I love it. Are you having fun? Wow, type two fun, you know? It's like climbing a mountain. Um, in retrospective, it is fun, but the hardship 
while climbing is usually quite uh, significant. So I do feel in my flow, there is a good match between the skills I have to the challenges we meet. Uh, but I cannot say that, you know, every day is 100% fun. Uh, we are doing difficult things and we believe that everything is possible. So obviously it is not supposed to be fun all the time, but you know, if you are all about doing fun, don't start a company, especially not in FinTech. <laughs> oh, Yuval, thank you so much. This was so enjoyable. Best of luck with Rise Up. My and with a vision that you're putting in your theory of change. Really awesome. And I can't wait to share this with the world. Thank you. Thank you.